welcome back to the Dad Ventures Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Bidoff, and this is episode number five. For anyone that is new to our show, the Dad Ventures Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast about our lives as dads and some of the things that we've learned along the way. On our last episode, we talked about how Jacob and I are trying our best to manage the never-ending struggle of balancing our work and non-work time so that we can maximize the time that we have with our family when we're able to do so. As many of you know, our lives are continuing to change due to the increase in number of COVID-19 cases, uh, not only here in New Mexico, but around the United States. Here in New Mexico, over the past few days, the governor has, of course, shut down schools for the remainder of the academic year. She has added additional restrictions uh, on residents and businesses, all but shutting down large portions of the state, affecting a great number of people. As the number of tests and positive cases continue to grow, we want to, of course, to continue our support of the hashtag Alone Together and social distancing movements. Folks, please stay home unless it's necessary and absolutely essential for you to be out of the house in order to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Now, with that little bit of housekeeping out of the way, let's bring in my partner, co-host, Jacob Terrell. Jacob, like I just mentioned, more news has come out from the Roundhouse. School is canceled for the remainder of the year. The number of cases for COVID-19 continues to grow here in the state. It's just getting to the point where it's rough. Like, I haven't been at work this week. I don't know how work is reacting to this, what's going to happen. I have to talk to my boss to make more arrangements to make sure that I can stay home now even longer. How are you guys handling the most recent announcements? Uh, they seemingly weren't having affected us, except for the fact that my wife um, was going to work uh, for the foreseeable future. And she works alone in the warehouse, though, uh, just filling up products or filling up bottles of product for a place up in Albuquerque. So uh, it's something that she can still go do without putting anybody at risk. Um, and without having any contact with anybody else, but they just don't need the product right now. So it's quiet over there with everything closed down. And as for me, um, work is still work, uh, and we don't have any kids in school, so that doesn't hit us as hard as it does some others. But you know, I feel for you guys that have, you know, you've got three, two, two and a half that are in school, and, and, uh, you know, that just puts a puts a kink in a lot of people's lives. I was listening to a podcast earlier today, um, and he was saying that he's supposed to work from home for forty hours, and his wife is supposed to work from home for forty hours, and the four kids that are not in school, uh, they live in the San Francisco area, so it's been like that for much longer than we have been. And uh, he's like, we can't work from school or work from home. Uh, for as many hours as we need to with that many kids just wandering around. So I know it's uh, it's definitely interrupting a lot more people's lives a little bit more than it is me and my wife's, but uh, it still does have, you know, everybody's just kind of taking it day by day and hour by hour almost uh, to see what new restrictions are going to come down. And I, I fully expect that we will slow down enough that we close uh, for a little bit at least. Um, but at the moment, we still have jobs coming in and jobs going out. So we're business as usual. Uh, we're doing a lot of real estate work. So that's what keeps us from being shut down because real estate agents and stuff like that are still open so that people can, you know, sell and buy houses and move around. And because um, sometimes, like, well, as listeners to the podcast know, I'm planning on moving in June. Um, 
and that's still the case. June 2nd, um, moving, so we still got a couple of months, and it might be blown over by then, but um, we're not changing that plan at the moment uh, due to all this. So because of that, you know, if you're moving into a house and it needs to do floors, we're still open. Um, and I'm definitely grateful to still have a job and still be working. And honestly, I'm grateful to still be getting out of the house and going to my office on a regular basis just because, you know, we don't have a lot of contact with outside people because of the way our business is set up. Um, but I know for you guys, it's got to be got to be a lot different. It's a different scenario than that with you guys working from home and are you working from home anyways and having kids in school. So are you guys uh, staying sane at all? Are you guys holding up all right? Uh, yeah, we're, we've been doing okay. Um, so of course with the announcement that the schools will be closed for the remainder of the year, uh, you know, I've talked about before how our daughter Molly, the majority of her schooling is already online. So she has a laptop from the school that she's able to do her work on. Uh, she has her expectations of what she has to do every day as far as that goes. Now, even with the younger two with Alex and Logan, they have to, or we have to try to find, um, things for them to continue to do you know um i know it affects you know like high school seniors and stuff a lot more as far as their graduation and things like that and the state has a plan for all that but yeah even for the younger kids we're having to find things for them to do like we've signed logan up for ixl we signed him up for abc mouse his teacher sends us recommendations she recommends things on ixl for him to do and for alex his grandmother on his mom's side is a former school teacher. So they've been printing out packets online for him to do uh, there. But as far as, you know, all of his subjects and all the things that he, he needs to be good going through, you know, the state is still coming up with, with a plan basically. I mean, they have a basic idea, but they haven't finalized anything. They have put out a, a notification stating that they are going to start doing hour-long classes on PBS uh, in the morning. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that happens. So do you know what grade your guys' kids will be in when school starts back up? Like, are they, is the plan for them to, do, do you guys know if you're going to have to take tests to move to the next grade, or is that something that they're still trying to figure out? We have no idea. That's not something that's been communicated uh, through the schools or by the governor. I've seen a lot of questions about that across social media, particularly on Twitter, because since that's where I am as far as social media goes. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge question that that's going to affect you know all families and all students across the state. You know what happens. Um, I, I would hate to think that they would hold anybody back because of this. I, I think that wouldn't be fair to any of the kids, no matter what the age. And especially if you look at you know these these four year olds, five year olds that are you know going into kindergarten. I mean, are you really going to hold five year olds back in a pre K and not let them go to kindergarten? Are you going to stop eighth graders from going into high school? So I mean, they have to. The board of education, the public education department, they have to come up with some sort of plan. And that's what they're trying to figure out. They're trying to make sure that there is something out there for these kids to keep going. I mean, a program like IXL for Logan, his teacher can track his progress and see where he's at. And that'll give them an idea as to what where his knowledge base is heading into next year. 
But that, then you also have to bring, in, bring into question how many people have access to laptops or multiple computers at home or even a single computer. I'm fortunate enough to where we have my computer here at home that I used for work that I use for work now for the podcast and for other things. I used to have a work computer because I was a full-time telecommuter, but not anymore. And last year I just we happened to have some money at, set aside a time for me to purchase a laptop to cover United, take to the matches and do things like that. Um so we're looking at the possibilities. You know, we've been letting Logan use that for his schoolwork for now. And now there's a possibility that Aaron may be working from home as well. We don't know if that's going to be the case. So we also have to look at, we're going to have four people all on a computer at all different computers at the same time. So then we, it, it kind of, it's kind of hard because, you know, I have to work, Aaron has to work. Logan has to do his his schoolwork, and then he does you know whatever, and then Molly has her schoolwork. At basically, for eight hours a day, you're going to have three of us all using up the bandwidth, and we can't afford to pay for like a higher level of internet. You know, like even if we went to Comcast for like a year, it would be a similar you know a similar payment for for about a year, and then it jumps up what twenty thirty bucks. So yeah, I, I honestly I don't know. There, there's so many questions as far as what happens with the school, what happens with that, how are we going to manage, you know, the internet and the expectations. So yeah, it's been just a lot. Well, I kind of touched on that. It it uh, there's just so much unknown right now. So much up in there for literally everybody and everything. Like I've been going to work every day, thinking, okay, today is the last day that I'm going to be going into the office. I'll transition to doing something from home, and it keeps going. And not today yet, not today yet. Um, and you just you just never know. Like with you know, we cover United. It's like day by day. Like right now, it's what May 10th, I think, is the. It's there's nothing going on through May 10th at the very earliest. Um, and then with small business, like I work for a small business. I know a lot of people that own small businesses. Um, my stepdad is an outfitter, uh, so he relies on hunters to come in from back east usually. Um, and they're they're not like super expensive hunts, but they're you know in the thousands of dollars. Most of them anyways. And there are people that aren't doctors or lawyers or something like that, that he gets some of the blue collar guys that he gets, you know, are they going to have enough money to do that? And if they don't, is he going to have enough money to survive? Um, and it's just, there's just so many, so many things that are up in the air that you just don't know. And like you're saying with the internet, it's like, well, you could bump up the internet so that everybody can do it. But it's, it's just a ton of little things that, you know, people just aren't, you don't think about until you stumble across it. They go, oh, yeah, this is affected as well. Um, I was listening to Bill Simmons. I don't know if you're aware of who, do you know who Bill Simmons is. Most podcasters have at least heard the name because uh, he started sports podcasting way back in like 2006 or something like that. Um, but and he's, I think he's in his 40s or 50s, somewhere in there. He was saying that this is the biggest thing that he's ever lived through. And you know, we had 9-11, uh, we were both young, we were both young when it happened, but um, you know, that changed the way the world operated, uh, even to this day, with how airport security was handled and just national security in general. And um, even that, you know, it shut down 
uh, New York, especially for a couple of weeks, a few weeks. Um, you know, we felt repercussions of it here in Albuquerque a little bit because of the labs and stuff. Um, but it was nothing like this. I mean, it was nothing, nothing as drastic and potentially economy crumbling as this. Um, and I'm not going to debate the, uh, you know, saving the health of others and saving those lives uh, versus the economy. But the fact of the matter is, uh, if we are going to shut this down like we have, you know, the economy is going to be affected. So, you know, we're lucky enough that we either have a job still or are working from home. Uh, but there are a lot of people that aren't working. And a lot of people that live paycheck to paycheck that that paycheck stops. And, you know, how are they going to be able to handle rent and utilities and gas and you know it's it's a it's a crazy time crazy crazy time that i i don't i don't envy a lot of other people's situations i i i'm not going to complain about mine because like i said i'm pretty fortunate still but it's definitely going to be life-changing for the foreseeable future because i i could be wrong but i don't think these things just die like this, this virus isn't just going to go away. Um, so even with this flattening the curve, you know, that's what I've been talking about with a lot of people lately is we're going to flatten the curve and the president's already talking about, okay, we're, we're done flattening the curve. We're going to open up the economy. And then what's going to happen? The cases are going to spike again. Hospitals are going to get overwhelmed. Um, because it's not just going to die when the, from my understanding, you know, it doesn't sound like it's just going to die when the hot weather gets here. So it's going to be, I, mean, I think we're in here for, we're in this for a long time and, and uh, I'm nervous for a lot of other people and myself to an extent, you know, I have to watch out for my family, but um, just so much up in the air, so much up in the air. It's, it, it's scary, not only the virus itself and how damaging it can be, but the unknown of everything going on. Just uh, it makes you nervous. It, if it doesn't make you nervous, um, then you're a much stronger person than I am, because uh, I have a, a very strong faith in God, and uh, I know that uh, I'll be okay no matter what. But it still, it still shakes you a little bit. Yeah, you you talked you touched on a lot of things there, and you know, talk about the economy. I'm scared to look at my 401k. I haven't done it in, in a couple of weeks. I don't want to look at it right now. <laughs> a lot of people are. I know a lot of people are. And you know, yeah, like you said, you were fortunate to have our jobs. Uh, the fact that Aaron and I can both still work when there are a lot of families that can't do that. Um, you know, people have lost their jobs. People, I know the governor has said that uh, folks will not be kicked out of their homes because of this. Um, they have extended unemployment benefits to a lot of people. I mean, they're trying to help as best they can, but in this type of situation, I don't think there ever really is a uh, quote unquote prepared for it. No, you can be. I mean, even the help that they're giving, uh, it's great that they can help some, but. You know, money is not infinite. Even if it's from the government, it's got to come from somewhere. So, uh, I am um, I'm curious to see if, with all the help that's being handed out, uh, I'm not a big tax guy. I'm not a big uh, uh, economics guy, but I I understand enough to know that uh, all this all this money that's being dished out for help um, is 
going to have to be paid back somehow, I believe. Uh, it's it's not going to be like, hey, here's a loan necessarily, like the unemployment. It's not a loan, but when tax season comes around in a couple of years, you better believe there's going to be something in there uh, that's going to take some taxes away from somebody. I don't know where or what, but it uh, it's 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 going to be crazy. It is. Yeah, neither you or I are, are economists, and we don't know how all this is going to affect anything. But you do have to, even if you're not, like you have to acknowledge the fact that the government just printing, basically just printing trillions of dollars to give out to the people of the country is going to have a net negative effect because that devalues the dollar. It's... And I've read, I don't know if this is entirely true, I've been trying to find my sources on it, but I've read that even the stimulus that everyone is receiving is going to be taxed. Oh, it's, which, it has to be. Yeah. Which I believe happened back during uh, the Bush administration when they sent out the stimulus package then. You know, everyone got that, I think like $500 check or whatever, or $1,000 check, whatever it was, and it was taxed. You know, mm-hmm. because it is taxable income. So... Yeah, I, I just I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I know there are companies that are out there doing things to try to help. Like uh, Tesla has basically switched all their manufacturing over to making ventilators and things like that. And yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens when we come out of this. Yeah, it's it definitely is. I I know. I mean, it is a, a lot of cool stories are coming out of it, like Tesla changing over. There's a bunch of companies doing stuff like that. Um, you know, their the the local government here in New Mexico is getting like. Um, I, I I heard this through my boss, so I believe it's true. But uh, I believe Radar Arms, which is a place located up off of. Um, the furniture on Paseo has been uh, instructed and given the order to make some suits, um, biohazard suits, uh, stuff like that. Um, so it, it, a lot of local businesses that have, we even have like breweries or uh, distilleries that are making hand sanitizer now because um, there was a shortage on that. So you know a lot of cool stuff coming out, but... Man, what a time to be alive in in a in a not so great way right now. Um, yeah. There's just a, a lot of things. Uh, the dominoes for everything are going. Like we we've talked several times that we support United, and there's a lot of a lot of teams in that league that you know if the league gets shut down for the year, like what happens there? Like do they are they able to pay the players and the staff and the coaches and the front office and. Um, I know I gave blood over there at the United office today and I was talking to Peter and uh, I, I trust Peter with a lot of things. Peter's the owner. I, this isn't the same guest, so um, I realize that he might not mean anything to some of you, but he's the owner of New Mexico United, uh, or majority owner he is. And um, he, he seems to run things really, really well over there. So I think they'll be fine. Plus I know that they had to make a boatload of money last year with ticket sales and merch and everything like that. So so I I think we'll be fine and we'll come out of this, but there's teams that don't have any support that I'm like, what happens there? Uh, all the sports are shut down. And I'm not going to talk about the millionaires because, you know, they're millionaires. They, they theoretically should be fine, but a lot of concessions to people and ushers and stuff like that that depend on working those games to get money to pay for rent and stuff like that. Those games aren't there. So what happens there? Um, 
I think we could go on and on and on about this, but it, it kind of it, it kind of ties into our topic that we'll get to in a little bit, uh, which is the money episode that uh, is sure to be interesting for sure. Um, but um, I'm sure people are COVID-19 COVID out. Um, so what are some highlights of your week that aren't COVID-19 related, if you can? I know that kind of embodies everything we're going through right now, but uh, are there any positives that'll come out of it for a being at home and spending more time at home or hard, hardships uh, that have happened? What's going on? Uh, so yeah, really just spending time with family, doing things like that. I had some time with work this week. So a lot of time with uh, wife and with my wife and kids. Um, you know, you, uh, let me ask you real quick. You, you mentioned small businesses. Um, have you, how much do you listen to local radio? Uh, very little to none. I, my, my boss listens to it in the office next to me. Uh, but I typically put an earbud in and listen to a podcast when I'm working at my desk. Uh, okay. I, it just doesn't interest me. Okay. Uh, the reason I ask is because we were in a car and we heard this ad on the radio for not necessarily a local business, but a chain business. And in their ad, they describe themselves as an essential business. Now, this sparked a debate between between Aaron and myself. You know, what actually constitutes an essential business? Now, I can understand physicians' offices, pharmacies, grocery stores, things like that. I cannot understand a place like NutriShop being deemed an essential business. And so we've gone out of our way during this to try to support local. You know, we went and bought some beers at the store the other day, you know, bought from, you know, New Mexico owned breweries, you know, bought some marble, bought some, uh, uh, bought something else. Oh, another, another thing from bought two six packs from marble, you know, support New Mexico business. But we've seen so many places that are still open and I, and we had to go down today and go to the car dealership. We recently traded in our, our Impreza's. And we got some, got some, well, quote unquote, new cars. They're, they're 2017 cars. We had to go down to the car dealership and sign some paperwork because they finally figured out the financing for us. Went down there, and we even asked the guy. We said, "How are you guys able to stay open?" And he said that all their sales staff were sent home because they were not essential, but the parts and the servicing department were considered considered essential services. So those folks were still working, and so were the finance people because they could sell cars online. So yeah, we've, we've just we've spent a lot of time trying to figure out okay, what's essential? What do we need? Like I went on a journey today to try to find toilet paper. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> I, uh, I I tweeted about it this morning. Um, it was fairly early, but I was early, you know, like nine thirty somewhere around there. And Aaron asked me if I would go. I got up to go. She said, why? You don't have to go now. I said, yes, I need to go now. Because if I try to go at like 6 o'clock tonight, I'm not going to find toilet paper anywhere. <laughs> and so uh, I started. I embarked on my epic journey to find toilet paper. We still had some. We've got enough for another week or so. But it's one of those things, okay, we're, we're up. May as well just go and look, you know. Right. And so went to Sam's Club first thing, completely empty. Uh, which is weird considering they just opened at nine. One of the workers there at Sam's Club said, "You just missed it." Like they sold out <laughs> within like thirty minutes this morning. 
I thought that was over with, but I guess not. No, it's not. I, and then, so I went down the street to Walmart because you know how the Sam's Club and Walmart always basically right beside each other mm-hmm. and went down there and they actually had some in stock. Mm-hmm. Now it was like six packs, but I grabbed some and my wife texted me and she goes, um, grab two packs if you can. She goes, because I want to take some to work and give to a family that we see there. Now, I haven't mentioned it. My wife works at a P- I may have mentioned before, my wife works at a pediatrician's office. And in her line of work, she sees families that come in that can't either find these necessities whenever they go to the store, or they can't always necessarily afford them. So, and I'm sure I got dirty looks from a few folks, but in that small way, we wanted to try to help somebody by picking up an extra pack of toilet paper just because we could. You know, mm. believe me, I'm not hoarding toilet paper. I can show you the, you know, the the twenty now twenty four rolls we have back in our room. <laughs> but you know, it's even in times like this, like you have to try to think of other people. And so, you know, we, we've tried to buy from local as best we can. We've tried to stay home as best we can. Uh, and now, you know, yes, I'm sorry, I bought two packs of toilet paper, but our intent is to give one of them away to try to help another family that is in need. So yeah, it's just been, it's just been a crazy week uh, trying to adapt to the new changes like we've already talked about. And so, I mean, what about you? Like any highlights from the, from the past two weeks? It feels like it's been forever since we've talked. So yeah, it, it, it feels like it's been you know, months and months, even months and we've been two weeks, which is fairly standard. Well, except for the fact that we didn't record a Simcast last week, which had been every week for a few weeks in a row there. But um, to touch on a couple of things uh, you talked about real quick, the toilet paper thing, I just, I still don't understand. I still don't, I still don't get it. But I understand now that people, you know, like yourself, might be running low and need to get some. Um, and then as for you guys buying two and getting to the works, um, when all this first started, uh, our church bought, um, I don't know how many, I'd just say more than two, probably more than four, maybe more than ten. I don't really remember how many exactly it was. And we got some dirty looks then too, but, you know, we bought it so that we could give it away. Uh, to people who didn't do it as well. So we had a lot of older people in our church um, that were kind of shaking up with everything. So, so that's what happened there. And as for supporting local and the question of what is an essential business, um, we have been eating out pretty much the same as we know it, uh, which should we... We didn't, ex- we didn't plan to, uh, and we will be cutting back to that my wife's checks will be stopping. Um, but every time we have, we have tried to support local, uh, even if that local is like Dion's, which isn't a small business, but um, it's still a local business. And um, you know, sometimes there's not necessarily a lot of small businesses that are open for dinner, but we've gotten to a few here and there. I've gotten lunch up in Albuquerque from a few spots that I usually don't. Um, and uh, and I think that's really important as long as you stay within your means, uh, which is something that we'll get to later with our topic of the week. Um, it's funny how we come up with a topic for the week and then everything before the topic is relating to the topic. <laughs> Especially when it's a big topic like me. Um, and that's for essential businesses. I don't, I honestly don't know what an essential business is. Like, 
So I will say that we're deemed essential where I work because of the construction and real estate options that are listed on the essential businesses thing. But I don't feel like we're an essential business. Um, I understand the jobs that we're doing that are, you know, real estate based or empty. You know, we, we do a big commercial job over across the street from the mall. There's a big building over there uh, with the Lewis University on the bottom floor. Um, we're doing a lot of work over there. And I can kind of see that stuff. We're doing some work for people that are buying houses or selling houses. Uh, but we're still doing a lot of work for people that are just like, yeah, I want this new, home, or new floor in the house. Um, and we're still doing that. And that is insane to me that people are still wanting us to come in and do that, let alone the fact that we're still going out and doing it. Um, but I I can see the sales and service, or not the sales, but the parts and service part of like a... Um, What's car dealership? Um, I can see that being essential because there are still people that have to get back and forth to work, and if their car breaks down or needs this, you know, um, I can see that being essential. I can see um, grocery stores, like you mentioned, post office, banks, stuff like that. Uh, Neighbor shop. I don't. I don't understand that one at all. But hey, um, I know a lot of small local businesses uh, on the train from the loop over the game to stay open just because. They need that money to stay open. Now they can't. They can't afford to close. They don't want to let down their what few employees they have. So, um, I still think there's way too many cars out in the morning. I go to work. Um, it's definitely not like normal rush hour, but it's definitely definitely a lot of cars that a lot more cars than I would expect. I mean, you see big cities like Los Angeles and New York and stuff, and there's just nobody out on the road. Um, and you look at Albuquerque and it's like a madhouse compared to those places right now. Um, so it's just, it's just weird. And I, 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 uh, I think people are just having a hard time with change, you know? I mean, uh, some change is good, some change is bad, and all change is hard. So I think that's kind of where everything is, is standing right now. And that's for my week. Um, it's actually, like, it's been nice in a lot of ways, um, not having things to go do. Um, we still have a lot to do um, from home with the church and the groups that related and we are involved in there. Um, we don't have to go in there. So normally, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, either me or my wife or both are gone um, for the church. And we you know the weekends are usually consumed by church on Sundays and United Games and other sports for me and, you know, birthday parties and this and that, you know, especially with the weather being nice, you know, you're, it's always go, go, go. So I've really just kind of looked at this as a time to relax and recharge and try to spin in as part of a positive a light as I can. So for this part, as long as the weather's nice, I'm coming on every night. And I'm taking the oldest burrow outside, and we're playing around, and kind of getting some fresh air, and relaxing, and then coming in and cooking up some dinner, and spending time with the family. We've, uh, we unfortunately probably haven't cut back on our uh, technology use as much as I would like, but um, it's still been good. You know, the weekends have been laid back, you know, Friday, or 
Saturday, I, well, not Saturday I worked, but the Saturday before that, you know, I was able to just come home or wake up and hang out. I think I had to take the trash to the dump, but other than that, it was just, just relax and recharge and rewind. Um, as we've talked about on here before, I do like to golf and golf courses are more closed and, um, it sucks in a way because the weather's getting nicer and it's like, man, I'd really like to be out there. But, um, I drive by a lot of golf course every day and it just looks so nice now that it's had like a week and a half to two weeks of just nobody on it. You know, the nature is just, um, kind of recuperating and, and enjoying this as well and not to get so so i mentioned church on here a lot obviously um but if you take my christianity out of it you know um, i was talking to my wife about this and she kind of gave me a funny look but mother nature knows when it needs a rest and to recover and and then you don't subscribe to this uh, COVID-19 being born in the Chinese lab like some people do. Uh, and I've been skeptical at times, but we're not going to go down that path at the moment. Uh, if, if this came from other nature and a natural occurrence of it shifting to humans from other species, um, I would not be surprised in the least if it was more of saying, you guys need to calm the F down and let me do my thing because could, I, I can personally tell uh, just in, you know, the golf, like looking at the golf course that nature is healing because of this. And I've seen statistics that I haven't really dove into about the ozone recovering and, you know, pollution being down a lot. And, and that makes sense if you just look at it from a common sense perspective. So that's been my last two weeks is just kind of trying to spin all this chaos and, uh, craziness into positive lights and then by slowing myself down and thinking about how the nature is recharging as well. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that you guys have been doing well with it. I completely agree. Change is hard. Uh, I can see it as well. Definitely people still are not necessarily following the directives that have been given by the governor. And I sincerely hope that people do realize that they can make a difference by just staying home whenever necessary. And you mentioned, you know, not having as many things to do absolutely i agree with that um it's been hard to find things for the kids to do uh with them being out of school like we can't go to the zoo now there are signs posted at our local park i, I haven't gone to see what they say but i've not seen a kid out there in a couple days at, at our little at our little neighborhood park here so yeah it's been it's been hard and so you mentioned technology use we have a uh, an episode coming up here uh, before too long talking about technology and or social media usage and so yeah it, it's definitely a balancing act as far as that goes uh, again kids being out of school you know and trying to keep them entertained while we're working uh, it's definitely something that's worth working on um, yeah and, and like you said we spent a lot of our little first segment here talking about you know how it how this has affected folks financially and you know our topic of is of course this week you know this is the money episode and so you know money controls basically everything we do with our lives as much as we try to not let it there's not a lot that we can do without money sure there are some free things you can go on hikes go to the library you know do things like that but money is essential for our day-to-day -day life, whether it's groceries, whether it's our cars, whether it's paying a mortgage, you know, whatever it is, 
we have to have money in order to take care of and provide for our families. Um, and so when, we, when you and I sat down and we talked about uh, possible shows, this is one that I, I think we both kind of felt like was, was an important topic to us because of, of that very reason, what I just mentioned, because of how ingrained money is in our society, how important it is in our daily lives. you know. And so I think I want to open this up by saying – by first asking, you know, when you were a kid or you know a, a teenager, what were some of the early interactions or understandings that you had as far as handling with handling money and being responsible for with money? That's a great question. Um, I was fortunate enough. I'm, I don't I don't know however you want to spin it, but uh, I didn't have to work through high school. Um, as long as my grades were up and uh, I was in sports, then it was fine. I did my junior and my senior year to an extent. I helped in the fall with my stepdad's outfitting business because we actually I went to high school up in Cuba, New Mexico, which is only about 30 minutes from his hunting camp up in the Hamas. Um, so I would get off work or get out, get out of school, drive up there, um, and have cooked dinner do the dishes, come back home, do my homework, go to bed, do it all over again. And on the weekends, I would go up there and spend all day, well, afternoon, Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, come home Sunday night um, up there. And I think I got paid a little bit there, but um, it wasn't a whole lot. Uh, but I wouldn't have bills. Um, so, so I'm going to preface this episode, preference, preference, whatever. Uh, it's been a long two weeks. Don't judge my mumbling. Um, I'm going to come right out and say, I am terrible with money. Um, I've had, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of good jobs. Um, nothing too crazy, but, uh, I've had good enough jobs where I should have money saved up in the bank and I I don't. I don't have as much as I probably should. Um, some of that stems from uh, my mother, mom. I love you, um, but we have the same fatal flaw of if we're stressed, we shop, we buy something, um, or if we see something, we figure out where to get it. Uh, as long as we want it bad enough, um, that has calmed down a lot since I have had kids. But um, you know, my first, my first real blows. Uh, I bought a truck when I was seventeen or eighteen and out of high school, um, and I did okay with it. Uh, my grandparents did have to make a couple payments for me um, that I paid them back for. But um, you know, other than that, I don't really remember having any real interactions with money as far as like being having to be responsible with it um, until I had kids uh, because I was very irresponsible with it before that and um, I was fortunate enough to be living in places that uh, I didn't have to pay rent I just had to pay some utilities um, my truck's been paid off for almost 10 years now or 7, 8 years now at least um so as long as I paid insurance and that, and then, uh, once I got a new phone plan, had to pay for that. Uh, I've really had a very limited bill in my life, which I should have taken advantage of um, 
by saving up and it didn't happen uh, because if I wanted golf clubs, I bought golf clubs. If I wanted a shirt, I bought a shirt. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's definitely everyday struggle with money. Um, so as far as early interactions, like you saw there, that was uh, my earliest time. What about you? Did you uh, have to work through high school growing up or were you able to not have that exposure until after that? Well, for me, my earliest interactions with it were, you know, as a kid, my parents, of course, gave us an allowance. You know, we did our chores. We got, you know, so much money. I, I think at one point my dad and my stepmom gave us, um, I want to say it was $2 for every year old that we were, as long as we did all of our chores. So, like, if we were 13, we'd get $26 a week or every two weeks or whatever it was that they gave it to us. And for a long time, it really just kind of, sat there like my dad would oftentimes put into a savings account a, a custodial account um at the bank and so it would just kind of sit there for a while i didn't really you know need the money for anything didn't really do anything with it so i didn't really have any like feeling of responsibility for it it's like okay i'm doing my chores i get this allowance you know i may get a few bucks from it to go you know, buy a comic book or a toy or whatever but if I wanted to take any money out to make a significant purchase, you know, I had to go through my parents. After that, though, once I got old enough, I think around 13 or so, I started working for my grandfather in the summers uh, when I was out of school. You know, my grandfather was a land surveyor. And I don't know how much interaction you've had with them, but land surveyors make a pretty good penny. And so my grandfather started me off at $50 a day when I was thir like 13 years old. So, yeah, I'm making, <laughs> I see you nodding your head over there. That's, um, that's, that's pretty good money for a 13-year-old, my friend. Yeah, you know, so yeah, $250 a week cash money in hand from my grandfather. And then I think as around the time I turned f maybe 14 or 15, he upped it to $100 a day. So... Yeah, I was making $100 a week cash, you know, when I was, you know, in my early teens. And for a long time, I was I was not responsible with that money at all. Um, I would generally take a couple hundred dollars worth every week and go to the local GameKeeper store and buy about $170 worth of Magic Cards, give or take. i uh, just buy a box of booster packs. And that, and even with a store manager discount that she gave me, uh, it was around $170 that I'd buy worth of cards. Um, now, I did still save some of it, you know. Uh, I put that away and ended up buying my first car cash. Uh, bought a 93 Jeep Cherokee. Um, drove that thing until it burnt up on me, literally caught on fire. Um, yeah, that was fun. The wiring harness decided to catch flame while I was on the, my way to work one day. Um, and from there, uh, went to college, got my first credit card and that did not go well. Like, I don't remember any sort of financial class in high school. I don't remember my fo my parents talking to me about credit cards or how to be responsible with them. So when I was away at college, I wasn't working. Now, when I was home during breaks and over the summer, I was. But 
it's, it's like, okay, well, I need this, or I want this, or I want to go out to eat. I just throw it on the credit card. So ended up running that thing up, and ultimately it got closed out. I don't remember what happened with that account. But moved from yeah, that did not go well. My second car that I had was a '91 Civic that I bought from my grandmother for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> because in the state of Georgia, you had to have a bill of sale in order to have a bill of sale. You money had to change hands, or you had to show exchange of value. So I gave my grandmother a dollar for a '91 Civic, and I drove that thing until I was I don't know 24, 25, and that was when I. That was after I had moved out here to New Mexico, and it wasn't until I was 25 that I had my first actual like car payment that I had to deal with. Car payment, insurance, all that. Um, I will say that I did well with that. I was paying, you know, paying my rent to my to my landlady at the time. I was paying my car payment, paying the insurance. I even ultimately ended up paying that car off like a year and a half early, two years early, something like that. Um, because I just kept making my payments on it and it, it was weird because having not had that responsibility in the past, I ended up paying more every month than what was actually due on the loan. And so I got down to the point where my, my, one of my monthly car payments was like $36. <laughs> and so I paid the next month. I just paid like the, whatever the car payment was plus 36 just to cover that, that little portion that was left. And then like it made my car payment shoot up to like $900. <laughs> and they're like, I called, I was like, wait, what happened to this? I said, you're so far ahead that your next payment is going to be that much. I was like, well, can I just keep paying my normal payment? I said, oh yeah, you keep doing that. And you'll be fine. You know, well, it won't affect you anyway. And I was like three months ahead on my car payment because I paid extra on it. Um, but yeah, aside from the the credit card issue uh, for a long time, I felt like I was I was very responsible with money. You know, paid back my student loans. Uh, no thanks to any Democrats who are trying to get that through now or in the future. I've paid my student loans. Thank you very much. Um, but you know, I I wasn't perfect with it. Um, again, credit cards became an issue uh, before I moved out here when I lived in Alabama there was a girl that I dated she didn't have the best home situation and so we would not eat in we would eat out pretty much every time we were together and so my my accounts you know my bank account would get overdrawn or my credit card would get run up or or something and I didn't know how to tell her I don't have the money for this yeah, I we've mentioned eating out a couple times, and that is a that is a huge problem um, back then and still now for us, anyways. And then credit in general. I I also had a credit card um, that uh, I defaulted on. Ended up having to pay a lot more than I was actually supposed to on had I just taken care of it in the first place. Um, and that, I think, is where, you know, we're talking about money. Um, and if this was just, like, cash money, uh, a lot of people wouldn't have any problems. It's the, it's the credit system 
in America and the world in general uh, that gets a lot of younger people in trouble. Um, even older people, technically, um, it, it's still an issue. And so I, I totally forgot about the credit card. Uh, I just wanted to bring up that I, I, uh, I too felt that pain and too had that problem. And then also just eating out, eating out all will kill you, uh, if you're not careful. Um, and, and I also feel you with the, uh, not knowing how to tell them, Hey, we don't have the money to do this. Um, so we can't right now, because uh, I, I also struggled with that. Um, do you feel like you've gotten better throughout the years? Uh, has it basically stayed the same? Did you like have a relapse at any point where you really did something stupid and regretted it? Or, or has it pretty much been fairly good except for that one credit card? For the most part, it's been pretty good. I'm not a giant spender on things. I tend to be very thrifty. Um, well, when it when it comes to most things, anyway, I I, don't, I I will wear a pair of jeans until they are falling apart. I will wear shoes until they have holes in the soles. You know, I've got uh, I've got a hundred t-shirts. You know, my wife likes to say I have a hundred t-shirts. Um, I really don't have a hundred. Something like thirty-six, but I will wear them till they're basically ragged. You know, they got holes in them. Because until I need something, I don't feel like I have to go out and buy it just because. The only area that I spend money on, really, aside from you know starting up this, is I buy video games. But what I try to do is I try to make only a handful of purchases a year if it's a brand new game. Or I'll wait for GameStop or somewhere to do like a GameStop that's like this four for twenty dollars sale, where you get four used games that are like ten bucks or less for twenty bucks. Or I'll look for like the the sales on the PlayStation Network or whatever. And so with those with those physical games, I play them to however you know if I like it, I'll keep it. I'll play through, beat it, whatever. Then I'll go and trade it back in and get store credit. And so not too long ago, there was a, I get alerts from this app called Slick Deals. And so they sent me this alert saying that I could go and buy, or GameStop was offering like set like $19 credit if you're a pro member for a particular game. And so I went to a couple different stores, bought up a couple different copies of this game for like four bucks that was on sale took it over to GameStop and traded in for like $19 worth of credit each time. And so I ended up spending like 10 or 20 bucks and got $80 worth of store credit at GameStop. And so that, I mean, really that's only where only one of the few places where I do actually spend money on something, but where we, so you mentioned eating out. Eating out is something that we struggle with. We've eaten out a couple times this week. We ate out tonight. You mentioned Dion's area. That's where we ordered from. Love their pizza. Best pizza in Albuquerque, in my opinion. Um, but you talk, we were talking about credit cards, and for the large part, I've done okay. Aaron and I, as a couple, have done okay with that. We had a unique situation for us a few years ago where we were dealing with a custody battle uh, regarding my older son. And 
we made so we went and hired a lawyer and we made the mistake of paying for it with a credit card mm-hmm. ended up maxing out that credit card went to another credit card maxed that one out and so we were paying down the credit card every month trying to pay down the credit card every month and then using that to pay the lawyer and so we got into a a big hole with that um now things died down for a while at, at a certain point we ended up paying like half the credit card off we made like huge strides. Like I, I won't mention an exact amount, but it was several thousand dollars that we had paid down. Um, and then things started up again with the court. So of course, more lawyers, more fees, and so we just fell really behind with that. And it's something that we're still trying to to pay off to this day. Um, it's not something we've talked necessarily talked about a lot. But it is something that's that's affected our financial well being. Now we make ends meet. I work second job, third job, you know, to help to help with that. But I feel like outside of that situation, had that not occurred, I feel like we would be in pretty good shape financially. Now I don't regret for one minute going through all that with my son, but it definitely had a long term effect on us. Yeah, things like that, you can't really say that it's necessarily unexpected, but just not things that you would deal with every day uh, can be a huge financial burden. Um, We haven't really had anything come up uh, of that nature, but we both do have some student loan debt um, that we're working on, and uh, we do have one credit card with a fairly small limit. that we are, I, I typically we just use it for gas uh, if we're being with it anyways, and we pay it off right away. Um, not a couple, so I, I won't mention dollar limits exactly, but we spend about half of it on a couple um, bigger ticket things that we needed to take care of, um, and then after that we just use it for gas, and then basically pay it down every month to the halfway point. Um, because that's what people have told me will help with credit because our credit scores aren't the greatest. Um, and like you said, we just make it, we, you find ways, especially when you have kids, I've noticed that you just, you find ways to make it work. Um, going back to when I was younger, you know, my mom, it was just me and her. Um, my stepdad came into the picture when I was in middle school, but through high school, it was just me and my mom that lived in, lived uh, together and even younger before she started to become before she became a teacher you know she was working like three or four jobs to to make it happen and and she did and i was never really wanting anything um you know i had a game boy for christmas i had um a basketball hoop i had this and that. i had basically everything that i really wanted um so as a parent you just you learn how to provide uh the essentials, and of course, you want to give your kids some things that they want as well, not just uh, the bare necessities. Um, so you just gotta make it work, like DoorDash and stuff like that. That I know you you do some stuff on the side. Um, and I've I've been in situations where I've had to go to work on the weekends on a ranch or um, doing some hauling hay or something like that. You know, it's just 
you do what you got to do. Um, I do wish that I had learned uh, a little bit more about the credit system um, growing up. Uh, my mom didn't really care for credit, and she was still working on hers just like I am. Um, so I never really understood it. I never really cared about it. I never understood that, hey, if you want to buy a car, uh, you kind of need good credit. If you want to buy a house, you kind of need good credit. Um, you know, if you want a credit card, you need good credit. There are a bunch of things like that that you just everybody fails to mention. Um, did you, I thought you might have to, uh, when I was talking about that, I'm assuming credit wasn't something that you uh, knew a lot about before you became an adult. No, it wasn't. It was something that, like, I got down to the college campus and there was a guy sitting there basically and like a fair on campus signing, signing college kids up for credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, that's how I got my first one. Um, I, I was going to ask a question, and it, it's: Do you feel like the responsibility for kids learning financial responsibility, sp- specifically when it comes to credit cards, do you think that falls primarily on the parents as their responsibility, or do you think that the the school system here should have some sort of, um, I don't know, like? pre like adult like class like here are financial tips that you need to do here that you should follow here's you know how to balance a checkbook which i know a lot of people don't know how Mm -hmm. to do to this day do you feel like where do you think the the responsibility lies so i think within kid um the overall responsibility for anything your kid learns or needs to learn or that falls in the parent first and foremost. Um, but the school system really doesn't prepare kids to move out on their own. And uh, it doesn't do a very good job of teaching what it means to be an adult and what adulting, quote unquote, is. Um, so I think that the parents should have a say in it. Um, and shouldn't rely on the school system to teach their kid everything. But at the same time, I do think the school system should um, try to incorporate, like I remember taking a homework course uh, in middle school where I learned some basic cooking techniques and um, balancing a checkbook, writing a letter, writing out a check, uh, a few things like that, which was helpful, but... I think it needed to continue into the higher grade levels, you know, when you're, because I learned that in like eighth grade. Um, and then by the time I graduated, you know, four years later and two moves later, I had forgot all that. I didn't know anything. Uh, so you go to high school and they would just teach you geometry and history and English, and you're like, okay, that's great. Um, I can tell you I've used very little geometry since I graduated. Um, now, I don't have I don't have a math degree or a career. career. I use math at work um, quite a bit, but it doesn't require geometry or trigonometry or calculus or sine or cosine or exponents even more. Um, and it's not to say that that stuff's not important in certain ways, but you gotta you gotta learn. Like I have 
uh, I had a friend uh, I dated a girl that was very, very, very street smart. So, or not street smart, book smart, sorry. Um, she knew engineering, math, science, um, English, uh, very good student. Um, but street smart and common sense wise, um, you know, she, you'd, I'd make a joke and she would look at me like, I don't get it. And, then, and it was just a simple joke. Um, and there was things that, you know, and that, that came from parents as well because the parents were like, you need to do this. You need to do good in school to do this. So then therefore all your focus is on trigonometry and biology and chemistry and that's your sole focus. And then it goes down a path where you just don't really learn how to be an adult. Um, so to answer your question, I feel like it falls on the parent first and foremost, but the school system could do a better job at uh, at preparing us to be an adult. Yeah, I definitely remember taking classes where they did teach us, like you said, how to write a letter, how to address someone, how to... I remember a teacher actually talking to us about how to make a phone call which is something that my daughter has no clue how to do. Like she can make a phone call, but she cannot carry a conversation. Like if you were to answer the phone call from my daughter, she'd immediately jump into whatever it is she wanted. No, hi, how are you? You know, she, she won't carry on our conversation with you. And so I've, I've talked to her and said, you know, these are things that you need to know for when you get older in life. You can't just start blurting out whatever you want. Like, you need to wait for whoever's there to acknowledge you. you know, have a conversation. If you're talking to family, actually, you know, say, "Hey, how are you doing?" You know, carry on a conversation with people. Same goes for money. Like, you know, she gets money for her grades from her from her grandmother. She gets, um, you know, money for for Christmas. All the kids do. They get money for Christmas and their birthdays and things like that from from my grandparents. And so, especially with her. Is trying to teach her how to be responsible for it. She came to us the other day saying she want well not not for the first time, but she said she wanted an iPhone. And we were in the middle of a discussion about something at the time, and she was trying to tell us that she would pay for it out of her money and this, that, and the other. And we told her, "You don't need an iPhone. Like we get that you don't like the phone that you have, but you don't need an iPhone right now. Like." You're you're just you just turned fifteen. You want to start learning how to drive. Why not save that money towards a car? You know something along those lines. You're trying to be responsible with that money, and I think that there are things that the schools could do. And I, and I completely agree that it does primarily fall on the parents, as far as teaching kids about money and helping them be responsible. But, you know, the schools could do things like help them with like an accounting class, you know, show them how to balance a checkbook, show them how to, you know, track purchases. Now we all have, at least those, you know, those of us that are old enough, we all have apps and our debit cards are connected to the bank apps and we can see our purchases in real time and it shows us our balance right away. So we don't necessarily have to sit down and balance a checkbook. But I feel like there's a certain skill in acknowledging how much something is and how much you have and you know do you is there a reason to put it on a credit card is there a reason that you should use cash 
you know, teaching kids about interest rates. I think all of those things would be beneficial. And I feel like in a scholastic setting, it's easier for that to be taught, like as far as interest rates on, on credit cards. I think it's easier for a school, for a teacher, someone who has a background in math to teach that compared to a parent. Yeah, and that is something that I remember um, learning about um, throughout schools, you know, compound interest and blah, 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 blah. But they teach it in a math setting and not a real-life setting, if that makes sense. So it's like yeah. this is a chapter in a math book talking about interest as opposed to, hey, you're going to get a credit card at some point or you're going to get a school loan or you're going to get a car loan or you're going to get um, a house, a mortgage, something like that. And uh, when we say this percent interest, this is what you need to know what that means. Um, and sure, the math teacher might mention that at the beginning of the class, but um, and you might have a word probably two throughout the book uh, says so-and-so bought this for this percent and whatever. Um, but it's still not it doesn't strike you or so like really sit in really soak in like it should um at that point but so you talked about uh your daughter and uh, she just had a birthday am i mistaken yes yeah at 15 15 so that's that's about a that's about an age where you're, you're thinking about cars you're thinking about things you're thinking about you're thinking about me you're thinking about a lot of things that are are bigger purchases than just you know uh, a pack of bubblegum at the store. Um, have you guys have you guys talked to her about you know, loans or uh, credit or um, other than just you know throwing an idea, which I think is a great idea, saying hey, you you might want to take this money that you would spend on a thousand dollar iPhone and then, uh, maybe put that towards towards something that I know you're going to want and need a little bit more in the future, shortly in the future, in a car. Uh, so when Marcus talks about responsibility and thinking about your purchases, or is it actually getting into the nitty-gritty um, math and whatnot of it all? No, we haven't necessarily talked to her directly about that. You know, we've talked to her about the fact that you know we have responsibilities. We have a mortgage. We have car payments. We have our cell phone plan. We have all these things that we have to pay for every month. So we can't necessarily go out and do the fun things. You know, I mentioned on a previous episode that I used to like to go to the comic shop every week, you know, spend the X amount of money. And so that's one of the things you know, is that we just don't have the money and the budget. And that's something I feel like needs to be taught as well. Like how setting a budget for your income, especially you know, once you do get a job, you know, so that you know, so you see where your money is going every month. Uh, that's something that we've tried in the past. We haven't always stuck to it like we should, but um, that's a little off tangent there. But um, no, it, it's definitely something that we that we need to talk to her about. You know, she is almost to that age where she will be in a few years of where she's going to start getting approached by credit card companies. She's going to have to start looking at college. She's going to be looking at car at cars. You know, so those are all things that do have to be taken into account. Um, now, she may need some extra assistance because she's not the greatest with math. So actually, like, figuring those things out, understanding interest and how much something will truly cost her, like, if she does buy it on credit, is something that I think is going to be 
hard harder for her to understand. But I think if we can, you know, sit down with her again, you know, say, okay, here's your income, here's where your money is going, show her a budget, say, you know, this is what your expectation is that you're going to spend every month, try to put something aside for emergencies, and then go from there. So, yeah, I, I think with her, it's definitely a more pressing need to have that discussion. Um, you know, you and I both have younger kids too. And even with them, um, and I know yours are younger than mine, but you know, we'll, we'll go even with Logan, our youngest, like if he gets money for, you know, I, I mentioned our kids get money for Christmas and birthdays and things lately, my grandmother has been sending them a set of actual cash or a check, which she used to send, which, she, which they usually send a, a check to us to put in their account and we'll give the, hang on to the money for them. She'll send them a gift card. You know, just like a, a Visa gift card or whatever. And Logan, even Logan understands, okay, I have a gift card. It count, it, it represents money. And I can go to any store that I want and buy a toy with it. And so with him, we say, okay, you have this gift card that's good for $50. We can go to a store and it, you can buy, if you buy one big thing, and he and he can recognize dollars now, like he like a price tag. He'll recognize how how many dollars something is, right? And he'll say, "Do I have enough for this?" Okay, yes, you do. It's you know, do you want a big toy now, and be completely done with your gift card, or would you rather get multiple little toys at different times? And so he'll go around and he'll look and he'll make his decision. Like he he knows how much money he has. And he'll ask us, do I have enough money for this? Or he'll say, I want to get this. And again, we have to say, okay, you only have this much. If you use this, you won't have any money to spend. And just trying to teach him, you know, how to make smarter decisions with the money that he does have. Uh, We do the same thing with Alex, you know. Um, We've talked about giving the kids allowances. It's not something that we've started yet. Um, With Molly, she's not consistent enough in the things that we ask her to do around the house to where we feel like we can give her one as a, as a reward. Uh, we've talked about different ideas as far as what we might do as far as that goes. Uh, we haven't implemented anything. And then of course the boys uh, aren't really old enough or big enough, I should say to do a whole lot. But what I'll do from time to time is I'll offer one of the boys, okay, I'll give you a dollar to do this. Or I'll give you, I, I told Logan, I said, I'll give you 50 cents to put away the, the silverware, basically. He ended up putting away like two pieces. So I said, all right, here's a dime. <laughs> and so he's got, he's got a piggy bank. He puts everything in. He knows how much money is in that piggy bank or a, a rough idea because it has a little counter on the top. It shows him whenever he puts something in. So we're trying to do different things with the kids based on where th- they are as far as their understanding of money and trying to help them understand that money is a finite thing. Like we can't just go out and do whatever we want, whenever we want, we mm-hmm. have to have money in order to be able to do it. Yeah. That's something we, do we also, we've got a, just, my oldest just turned 30 in January. My oldest is going to be one in a couple of weeks. So it's not like, uh, we can go to the one world and be like, if you crawl to the couch, I'll give you a dollar. Because I don't know what that means. Um, so we're still trying to figure out how we're going to come in 
introduce me into their lives. Um, I never really grew up in Orleans, but I was the only child with a single mom, so uh, it was basically just, hey mom, I want this, and then she'd either buy it right then and then, or be like, well, I can't afford it right now, so I'll get it in a couple of weeks or whatever. Um, so it was, as far as the Orleans goes, I just wasn't quite made up our mind on how we want to handle that, or when we start handling it, you know, I mean, um, I definitely want them to know the importance of a dollar and um, and uh, the importance of money in general and credit and all of that growing up and how uh, as much as we don't want to say it, you know, it 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 rules everything we do and, and has a very big control over control over us. But um, so I think it's important that they understand. Um, how to manage it properly and how to budget it and everything like that. But I still haven't quite figured out. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know the best way to do it for myself. So let alone for trying to teach um, kids how to do it that way, uh, how to handle it. So we're still trying to think about it. I, I'm, I'm in, in a perfect world. So in a perfect world, it would be, you know, you're doing these things around the house because it's the right thing to do and it's what you're supposed to do. So if we ask you to clean your room or take out the trash or scoop the litter box, feed the dog, the lawn, whatever that is, um, that's more because those are things that you have to do. Um, and when you grow up, that's another thing that, you know, um, I was not taught very well um, because of my circumstances, you know, the need to um, you have to do your own laundry when you when you get out of the house. Um, you can't just let it pile up. You have to cut the weeds and mow the grass and water the grass and um do the dishes and put the dishes away. Um, I was fairly spoiled also um, as a kid, so so it's something I struggle with. Um, being like, you know, I don't want to do that, and if I don't want to do it, I don't do it. So, um, it's stuff that me and my wife argue about. A little bit here and there. So, those kind of things I want them to do just because they're things that need to be done, not necessarily because this is what needs to be done to get an allowance. Um, so, I'm not sure how to find a way to get them an allowance, quote unquote, for doing stuff um, that's not that normal stuff. So, so I, I'm sure we'll, we'll get settled in and we'll find something out. But, um, uh, until then, I'm open to suggestions. And if anybody out there with some older kids, um, tips and tricks that they use for doing stuff like that, I have some idea of what I want to do. Uh, I just need to iron out the kinks and and see how you know, the best way of it, the best ways to do it actually are. Um, how old do you think? Uh, what's the right age for somebody to for a kid to get a job, quote-unquote, and so we're like a fill out a W-9 and clock in and every day, but um, like a summer job with, like you did with your uh, grandpa? Is that right? Yeah. Grandpa, yeah. Uh, like you did with your grandpa, or, you know, um, I worked with my dad on a ranch when I was 12 and 13 um, doing certain things, so how old would it be to not necessarily put them to work around the house, but actually have them, 
and find a small side gig that they could do for cash? I would say somewhere around. Oh, you said for cash. I mean, if you've got someone that like my grandparents would pay us for going over and picking up pine cones out of their yard. I remember my, my brother pulled a hustle on my grandmother. He got her to agree to pay him 10 cents for every pine cone he picked up out of her yard. He ended up picking up something like 600 pine cones out of her yard. And so, yeah, he, he he made off with like $60 for like three hours worth of work or something. Um, like with If it's a job with family, like if they have, if they own a small business or whatever, I mean, you know, that was, you know, it was my mother's grandfather that I worked for. I also worked for my dad's parents. They own a little convenience store. You know, I didn't fill out, you know, any W-9s or anything like that, but they paid me minimum wage. Uh, I was responsible for pulling weeds, checking the the levels of the gas inside the gas tanks, um, cleaning up. Uh, they had a little pizzeria inside. They served uh, pizza out of their convenience store, stocking the shelves, stuff like that. Um, I think that's fine as long as they're old enough to do the labor, you know, like 12, 13. Now, as far as getting an actual job, like going out and, you know, filling out I-9 and – W9s and doing all that kind of stuff. I feel like, you know, 15, 16 uh, at minimum. But if it's affecting their schoolwork, then it needs to stop. Uh, I didn't have my first real job until I was in high, a sophomore or a junior in high school. Uh, I worked at Sears. That was my first job. Um, I was working in the sporting goods department. Uh, worked on it as a commission-based job. I was making like four fifty an hour plus commission, so it wasn't great. It wasn't a great paying job, but it was enough to pay for my gas and my car. Um, but yeah, I, I think somewhere in there, a lot of it too depends on if number one, do they have a, a re- reliable transportation? Can they get there on their own? Does it require a ride from a parent? Um, I feel like if they don't have that limitation, like if they can get themselves there. And as long as they're 15, maintaining their schoolwork, that's fine. But again, if it, if it's affecting them, then it needs to then it doesn't need to be happening. If they don't have reliable transportation, if they don't have, or you know, if, if they're relying on a parent or someone else to take them, then maybe it needs, needs to just be like a weekend job. But somewhere in there, they they need to start you know working and earning, and you know at least. Um, putting money away for the future to some extent if they don't have bills that they're responsible for. Yeah, I think I agree for the most part. I'm kind of turning on um, a real job, quote unquote, you know, uh, a paycheck um, that's actually given, given to them um, and taxed and everything like that. I uh, I think that did me a lot of good not having to worry about that through high school. Um but at the same time, when I did get out of high school and I did actually have to get real jobs, um, it's different. Uh, I don't like if we actually went through my employment history. My first like normal kind of typical job wasn't until I started working in a grocery store back in like 2014. I'd been out of school for you know, six or seven years already. Um, and before that, it was 
some older jobs and some weird quirky jobs that would take too long to explain right now for forest service and not for the forest service, but for forest fire situations and stuff. Um, and while I look at it and say, yeah, I can pretty much do anything. Um, you give me a job, I can get it done, whether it's, you know, physical or mental or anything like that. Uh, part of me wishes that I did just have like, you know, the normal McDonald's job um, in high school just to kind of know what it meant to actually um, quote unquote slam it and, and, uh, and do that for a little while. So I don't know. We'll, I think with both of our kids, we'll just kind of play by year and see, you know, what, uh, what each of them decides they want to do. And we'll support them as much as we can through that. I just really, like, the one thing that I really want uh, my kids to learn is just uh, the having to work for your money um, and the value of a work ethic and, and a value of a dollar. And, and um, we, like, I, like I mentioned before, I struggle with um, budgets and finances and stuff like that. And some of it's frivolous nonsense, like going to you know, Chick-fil-A five times a week for lunch, um, which I do occasionally. Um, so some of it's like that. Some of it is, you know, we are, um, we give to the church, we give to people uh, in need. Uh, we're very, um, I'm very much, uh, you know, you can't take this, can't take it with you when you go. So um, you need to share the wealth as much as you can, which has changed a little bit since we've had kids because I have to look at their future a little bit more than before they were born, obviously, and before I plan on having them. So, um, but I want them to be generous with their money while also being smart with it and knowing that they have to work for it, uh, which is a lot easier said than done. Um, but I'm trying my best to get them to learn those kind of three key pillars of generosity, uh, work ethic, and, um, you know, staying within your means on a lot of things. Yeah, those are all three uh, really great uh, pillars that, that, that the kids really need to learn. Um, for us, you know, we, we struggle with eating out. That's one of our biggest uh, areas that we can improve upon. Um, you know, and we, we, we eat fairly cheap the rest of the time, but when you get to a family of five, uh, anytime you eat out or even sometimes meals in do get a little bit pricey, but there are ways around that. Um, but yeah, eating out is just an absolute killer. Um, you know, being responsible, uh, and managing your home. That's one thing that we say a lot to, to Molly and Aldous is that we all have responsibilities around the house. We all have things that we have to do in order to make this house run smoothly. And you know, I, I, we try to incentivize that, you know, her understanding those responsibilities and learning how to be responsible by telling her, hey, if you can reliably do these things without us having to tell you, like you know that Tuesdays the trash has to go out. The recyclables have to go out on Tuesday. If they don't, then the trash doesn't get picked up. Um, you know, we let the dog out to go to the bathroom. If you don't pick up after the dog, then we're liable to step and poop every time we go outside. So, you know, we don't ask a lot, but we try to incentivize, you ask for ideas. We try to incentivize that. You know, if you can do the things that we expect of you, then we'll give you 
an allowance. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's money is a hard thing to to do to to talk about because it is a sensitive subject with some people, and especially if you're in a situation where it's not being handled properly, where it's not being managed properly, then you run the risk of teaching bad habits to your kids, and that's definitely something that we don't want to do like we want to try to put ourselves in a position where we can say hey this is what we do and how we're doing it responsibly and you know take this from our example you know this is where we messed up this is where we can't where we can help you this is where we like to help you this is what we think that you should do in order to be responsible with your money as you grow up yeah, that that pretty much sums it up there. Um, are you guys planning for? Do you guys have like college plans for the kids, or is it like you know they you guys are getting funds to make it work, or how, how, how do you guys plan? I know you got several years with Alex and Logan, but um, uh, my mom's right there. And it'll be it'll be here before you know it. So, is there a plan for her where you guys have her covered, or is it a uh, loans and grants and scholarships um at this point it's we don't have a 529 set up we alex does have a 529 logan doesn't have one yet i think he has to be five i haven't looked into all of that actually i'm not even all that keen on 529 plans i don't know how how good they are um, but that's something we do have to look look into. What are the five twenty nine? Okay, so the five twenty nine college savings plans. It's basically it's like a four hundred one k, in the sense that you invest money into it, and then they purchase uh, stocks and bonds, and they're supposed to be you're supposed to like start it when they're like four or five, and hopefully by the time they turn 18, there's enough money in there that it will cover at least a, a good portion of their college uh, tuition. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not something that I'm not completely sold on. I have, I've done some research into it. Um, but as far as, like, Molly goes, even if we were to start a 529 at this point, I don't believe there will be enough in there by the time she gets to college or to the point of graduation, graduating high school that it would make much of a difference. Um, but with her, we're looking at other options as well, primarily scholarships. Um, she is part Navajo. Um, so there's a possibility there as far as uh, getting, a, getting scholarships. Um, there's also you know, like a trade school. Um, she's not entirely sure what she wants to do right now. She's mentioned the most recent thing she's mentioned is nursing. So it could be something where if she does go into that line, if she does go into nursing, then I know that it's one of those like in need positions to where they would forgive or the federal government would forgive those student loans. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it just depends. You know, a lot of it depends on like where she wants to, what she wants to do with her life, and where she decides she wants to go to school. Are you guys pushing her in a certain direction? Not, 
super super hard like pushing your button like are you guys strongly suggesting college or a trade or uh, are you guys just like whatever you guys want or whatever mom wants to do mom can do we've told her that whatever she decides she wants to do we'll support her um i think college is the best option for kids that are able to do it um if if, if, a, if a kid isn't able to go to college, I think a trade school is not a bad idea. Um, with Molly, she's expressed interest in a couple different things. You know, she she at one point told she wanted to be a baker. Uh, she told us she wanted to go to um, beauty school at one point. Uh, she told us a, a few years ago that she wanted to start her own uh, Etsy business, and so like she whatever she said she wants to do like we've tried to support her like when she started mentioned the etsy thing we went and bought her all the supplies that she needed to make the whatever lip glosses and bombs and things that she wanted to try to sell uh, to try to support her in that you know if we feel like you know if you want to go to beauty school by all means go to beauty school you know because she likes doing makeup and things so it's really just you know what the kids want to do that will kind of let them just pick what they want now, let me say, um, if you're able to go to college, is that financial? Is that um, academic? Um, what, is your, what is your bar of able to go to college mean? Um, primarily academically. Um, I, I know there's some kids that financially can't, or I believe they can't afford to go to school. There are options out there for everyone, whether it's a, you know, Pell grants, whether it's scholarships, financial aid, anyone can go to school if they ha- have the desire to, to do that. Um, I went to school initially on the Hope Scholarship in Georgia. Uh, when I moved out here, I went um, to UNM Valencia. I got Pell grants, uh, which of course, Pell grants you don't have to pay back. Mm-hmm. Uh, paid for my school for a year. And then I just didn't go back, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, there are options out there, but I think that the biggest barrier for a lot of kids is going to be academically. You know, if they academically don't have the grades or the testing scores to get into college, um, you know, without further assistance, like maybe going to a junior college or a community college first. Um, but I definitely think that trade schools are. There are there are there's a definite need for for go to trade go to trade schools such as you know plumbers uh, you know uh, service industry type folks um, that can do those types of things because yeah, th- there's always going to be, be people out there that need the help from people in those uh, in in those jobs. Okay. Yeah. So so I'm, um, I unless you know. As a, as a kid when you come to high school in my opinion once you know for sure or as close to for sure you can be as an 18 year old what you want to do and if that is if what you want to do requires college um, then that's where you should go um, I don't so I went to college right out of high school and I took a year off after I failed out and then tried it again. Um, and the problem I was I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know my heart set on something. So I was like, well, I'll just go for my two basics and, uh, 
and go from there. Well, that it, it didn't work. It, and it, um, once you have that reason to be there, it's hard for it was hard for me at least, and I know for the eighteen year olds uh, to have that drive to go. Okay, yeah, I I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to get this done, and we'll go from there. Um, I think in that way, this college is is a terrible idea for uh, an overwhelming majority of kids coming out of high school. Um, it's it's costly. Uh, it can you know, we talked about credit cards. Um, student loans can be just as bad, if not worse. Um, so if you're coming out and you don't know what to do, uh, what you want to do, and you go to school for two years and rack up, you know, thirty thousand dollars worth of debt, and then end up not actually going through with college and getting a degree, um, that you can either get that forgiven or, or get it paid off quickly. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible thing, and it cripples a lot of kids. Um, trade school uh, is definitely an option that that uh, I think should be talked more about. Um, by both parents and schools in high school and stuff coming up. But um, I think we're going to have to do another podcast on um, the schools, schooling, college, after college, after high school plan, um, and and stuff like that because we've already gone for an hour and a half here. And... Uh, Money is there's so many different branches of the money topic that we could touch on. We could probably talk for another hour and a half, but easily on it. Um, so I I think I'm good with leaving it there as long as you are, or Seth. Uh, so with that, uh, we'll we'll come up with some deals for some other financially tilted uh, topics coming up. Um, and until then, we're gonna go back to our. Um, Hermit crab lifestyle of living from home for a little while and see how long this lasts. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago about maybe recording um, a couple episodes or an episode every week for a little while, not necessarily putting them out there, but um, we'll see how that goes. We might put something out next week. We might not. Uh, kind of just depends on our schedule, I know. So, um, but you can for sure catch us again in two weeks. Um, as we talk about the next subject and have a discussion about any updates on the coronavirus and our lives um, moving forward. So, oh my God, you can check out our social media, um, <coughs> check out the website, you know, um, it's, it's crazy what I've had time to recharge and refresh um, but I still feel busy um, so we can just sit down and make some time I've got a couple ideas of some stuff that I need to write and need to write to put out there so so we we'll have some written content coming up on here uh, you can also see all the podcasts um, and show notes for those up there and as well as on the podcast players in general uh, you can reach out um, through all of our social media. I still haven't done a Facebook page. I know I'll slap myself on the wrist for that. Um, uh, but I will. We've got a Twitter out there. Um, Seth, you want to plug those Twitter handles? You're the Twitter guy. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, for this particular show, we are at Dadventures Pod. Uh, you can find our website at Dadventures M on Twitter. Uh, I'm also personally on Twitter at Seth Bedoff. Uh, from there, I generally 
plug all the stuff that we do, uh, whether it's Dad Adventures or Suncast or even our video game reviews. But be sure to check those out and get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, I just can't. Twitter's just something I can't just quite dive into. I have the the Summer Summer News um, account on my phone, and I'll get on that every once in a while. But there's so many things that I could dig into on Twitter that I just don't have the time or in for. So I just haven't dove in like I like I would like to at times. Um, and and just so you guys know out there, the video game reviews almost strictly all Seth because um, my review of basically one game would be like, um, this was hard and it sucked and I died a lot or I lost a lot and uh, that would be my review. So, um, but Seth, I mean, uh, he's already mentioned about gaming uh, throughout most of our podcasts. He's dropped it at least once or twice so he definitely knows what he's talking about so definitely go check that stuff out. Uh, you can also catch our some of this new stuff out there on the website. Uh, if you're into soccer or if you're from New Mexico and just kind of love the community, um, we're definitely working on some stuff um, that's more community-based than soccer-based, which is something that when we started Somos Somos News was definitely um, on the top of our list there. So you can reach out on all those as well. Uh, and you can t- contact me and Seth directly via email. Um, Seth is at Seth at dadventuresmedia.com. I'm Jacob at dadventuresmedia.com. And... Um, I know that a lot of people are listening to more podcasts now because they got a lot more time on their hands. So, uh, again, if you have any questions that you want to throw out at us or um, comments, anything like that, just uh, please reach out in some way, shape, or form, and we'll we'll do our best to address it. Uh, and until then, stay safe, guys. Uh, stay inside. Stay home as much as you can. Um, Let's uh, flatten this curve as much as we can so that we can get back to normal uh, at some point this summer, hopefully, because um, I'm already jealous of the good weather that we've had and the fact that we can't enjoy it as much as we would like to with trips to the zoo and trips to golf courses and watching soccer games and um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, So, like I said, until then, be safe, guys. Seth. Uh, have a good one. We'll see you. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks at least via recording. Um, and everybody else, love y'all. See you later. You've been listening to the Dad Ventures Podcast, the bi weekly podcast about our lives as dads. All of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Angeles, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Kidoff and Jacob Carroll, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff2 on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using CleanFeed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.